You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bustin' Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host. Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. Uh, all right, to the comments we go. I said we were due to read some of these, so let's do it. Uh, Seamhead said, and by the way, if you want to leave us a comment, rating, review, uh, we will read your comment. We're not above it. We will shout you out, whatever you want us to say. Um, one, two, three, four, five, Z, I guess, is the uh, person who did this. It says, Seamheads, any chance you could give up an update on the Dominican system? Doesn't seem like there are any MLB prospects coming from the DR anymore. I saw one of the beat reporters mention that the DSL squad was getting crushed in competition. Yeah, they were off to a historically terrible, like bad news bears before the music montage kind of start. I want to <laughs> say they were like one in 17 at one point or something crazy. Um, now it's a little more competitive. They're 10 and 32, but they're a bad team. They tied their game today, two to two. There's one prospect on that team, top of my head, Andy Acevedo, who actually hit a home run today, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, not a particularly high end, like impact prospect by any means, but just a guy that I would say is of note. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those guys, I, I'll be frank. I don't know nearly as much about them, but there's not a lot of players uh, that have come through the, the DSL this year or even last year, other than maybe Vaquero that I was told. I, sh- I should just say this year more than anything, because there were guys last year I was interested in, but yeah, it's been pretty bleak and it's not a system right now where, when I go through the minor league box scores every day, I'm not spending much time on the DSL Nats. I start, you know, in the FCL and see what Christian Vaccaro did. Then I go to Fredericksburg. Um, that affiliate has changed a lot, but right now you got Cruz who went two for four with a run scored and a double tonight. Uh, you got Yoni Morales who went three for four with a run scored and a double. You got Andrew Peakney who went three for uh, two for four with a, a run scored. Who's hitting four twenty four. Morales, by the way, is hitting 360. Uh, Royce Mark Quintana, one for three with a run batted in. Uh, he had a huge game this week. He's in the top 30. Then you go to Wilmington and, and you look at what De La Rosa and Jared McKenzie and TJ White are doing. And then obviously at Wilmington, we've talked about Dalen Lyle. That's where Kevin Mate is, who they just got from the Cubs. That's where Jeremy De La Rosa is, who's in the middle of the top 30. Went one for three tonight. And then at Harrisburg, you know, that's probably the most competitive and fun place for the, the system right now, Tobes, with Hassel, Lipscomb, Wood, House, you know, all on some nights hitting two through five in the order. Uh, Israel Pineda is interesting. Um, you know, they, they've gotten some strong pitching performances this season. 
Triple A is not quite as interesting from a prospect standpoint, but I've been tracking Luis Garcia, Carter Keboom. Won't be long before Darren Baker, Dusty Sun gets called up, who's there. Um, so that's kind of the way I go about the minor leagues. Hopefully that is a little info on the, the DSL group. Yeah, the DSL is not great. They're 10 and 32. And right now, looking at their box score from yesterday, because it looks like they had a rainout or something after two innings today. The leading guys in batting average are 245, 245, 242, which is fine. Everyone else is sub 200. Oh, good. So <laughs> it doesn't make you feel real great. But I think the the ones to check out, the Fred Nats, like you mentioned, obviously you got to check out what's going on there. You get Dylan Cruz and a bunch of the guys they drafted this year. But checking out what they're doing at Harrisburg, I think, is the number one thing going on right now because they got a lot of future big leaguers on that team. And obviously starting with wood and house, but you can see how Hassel's doing Trey Lipscomb continues to do fantastic. So I think checking out those box scores, specifically Harrisburg and Fredericksburg, those are the ones to check right now. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kemp's 0724 says, these guys are great because they have a lot of passion for the Nats. And this is hard. Uh, and that is hard during the rebuild stage. They keep it interesting and I love it. What a sweetheart you are, Kemp's. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Appreciate Thank it. you. That's very nice of you. Win8D says, way better than mid no cap. This is a young person. This must be a young person. That or they're playing a joke on me. It says, Nationals baseball fans, this is a must. Thank you very much for the Appreciate sweet it. review. We love you. Uh, KNJB3 says, great show, attainable future goals. What do you think realistic goals should be for the next few seasons? In my mind, I think the season... Uh, this season, it's try to lose fewer than 100 times. 2024 should be to get to 500. 2025 should be a legit wild card contender. Also, would love to know who new rules around rookies and extra first round picks might impact decisions on being uh, uh, bringing up our top prospects. So I think he's saying on how the new rules are going to affect what they do with their prospects. So let's start with um, uh, let's just start with. Your thought, your answer to his first question there, Toby. Yeah, I mean, I think those aren't terrible goals. I think that getting to 500 might be a little hard next season. So I think that might be a little unrealistic, but I think it is something that if they want to set that goal, it's not incredibly uh, too far fetched. And I think that we talked about this before. I think that a timeline of being competitive in 2025 is very realistic. And so, you know, if it's something where they build, next season up to a point where they're close to 500 and maybe then the following season, they could look at being a wild card team. So I don't think either of those are too far fetched. I think those are, you know, lofty goals a little bit, but at the same point, you shouldn't set goals that are easily achievable. Cause then that's not really <laughs> striving for anything. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I guess for me, I, I care less about the win loss record and more about the, uh, you know, I sound like a, a I work for the, you know, in the front office or something, but I'm more a process guy than a results guy. Right. I just am. That's just how I am. So I guess to answer his question, I, I would like to see them win 70 or more games this year. Uh, 
I would like to see them win over 75 games, you know, maybe 77 games next year. And then I think two seasons from now, you should be in the playoff mix in September at the end of the year. And it would be a disappointment potentially, depending on the roster they're able to put together if you're not in the playoffs. Cause I think next year at some point, hopefully a year from now in the middle of August, James Woods in the big leagues, Dylan Cruz is in the big leagues. I'm not saying they've been there for months, but you know, within a couple of weeks, maybe uh, of having gotten there, James Wood is there. Dylan Cruz is there. Brady house is there, or by the start of September, at least all three of those guys could and should be there. And, and then ideally the following year, you know, you've gone through some growing pains and you're able to start putting it together. You supplement that with, you know, money that you spend. That is, a, you're allowed to do that. So you go out and you get some free agent additions. Maybe it's a big bat at first. Maybe it's a corner hitting outfielder who can drive the ball and, and play some DH, like Kyle Schwarber type, you know, in 2024 or whatever, 2025. But yeah, I think that's realistic. Um, and I like kind of what he laid out. Um, I, I, you know, 500 next year is bullish, but not if they spend money on a pit. Like, let's say Ted Leonsis buys the team. He runs it this offseason. He wants to make a little bit of a splash. They spend on a good starting pitcher. Um, maybe they they spend some money on the bullpen and they get a bat who might help hit 25 home runs. Now, all of a sudden, if James Wood comes up and, and performs or if Dylan Cruz comes up and takes the league by storm and, and you get, you know, a, a 22-year-old who's a rookie of the year candidate, that's – now, all of a sudden, you might win 78, 79 games. I mean, it's not crazy. It would have felt like it was a year ago. I think there's now at least a path to that, even if it's more realistic uh, that we'd be a little bearish and say, you know, you take the under on that next year. Last thing on on the rules and how it will affect things. I mean, you, you, I don't know that next year it's going to matter because, like, Dylan Cruz will not be big league ready out of camp. Um, I think based on how many times he struck out and some of the swing adjustments still needed here for James Wood, um, I think he's going to need time at AAA next year for them to feel comfortable. The, the rules have changed to that. Like the Orioles kept Gunnar Henderson in the show to start the year, and they might get a draft pick out of it. Like the, the Mariners got with uh, Julio Rodriguez this year in the first round because rather than send him to the minors last year, they kept him in the big leagues all year. He won rookie of the year. So basically what, what the he's referring to is if you have a really high-end prospect, it's in the top 50, according to, all, you know, I think they use Baseball America Pipeline and maybe The Athletic with Law, Keith Law or ESPN with Kylie or something. If the average of those, you know, prospect rankings say they're a top 50 prospect, they start the year in the big leagues, you don't send them down, and then they win Rookie of the Year, you get gift-wrapped a, a first-round pick, essentially. Um, there are some other rules, but I won't bore anyone. But I, I don't know that it's going to – the stars align that it's really going to affect them next spring as well. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it will affect them next spring. The only question I'd have is if a guy is borderline, would you just have them hang out, you know, in the minors for – and have them in 2025, you know, assuming maybe something happens with Brady House or, you know, Wood isn't taking the strides that you like. Maybe they consider that. I don't think they would because – Rizzo's pretty aggressive and I think he's looking at 2025 as that timeline we're talking about of being competitive and hopefully a playoff team once again it is something though you'd have to consider maybe if if you get to August and a guy hasn't been called up yet and so maybe that's something they consider I doubt it but I don't think I, just, it I think them. it's too hard to assume that I mean yeah you know assuming a guy's gonna win rookie of the year it's it's too hard right I mean I yeah I follow the minors every year and pick rookie of the year every year and you know, I get them right probably, you know, I don't know, 20% of the time. I mean, it's, it's really yeah. like this year. I thought Jordan Walker might be the guy. 
Yeah. He he got sent down and, you know, Corbin Carroll left him in his wake. Right. So not to say he wasn't one of the favorites. I think he was probably, if not the betting favorite second, but, um, you know, this year is actually rare because two of the household names, Henderson and Walker might end up winning the awards. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think there's any way you can, you know, try to do that. I think you go about your business as usual, and then if it happens, it happens. Awesome. But otherwise, I think just go about your business as usual. Call up the guys when you think they're ready. All right, Toby, you get the final thought. Yeah, I mean, it's just an exciting time to be a Nationals fan with these things going on in the minor leagues. It's not great getting no hit with the big league ball club. It's not ever fun having that happen. Obviously, the first time for the Nats, but I feel like, you know, I say this quite often on those podcasts, but it's an exciting time to be a Nationals fan with the guys that are in the minor league system that continue to show out. And we've seen it over the last week where Cruz is homering, Woods homering, Hassel's homering. And obviously you got plenty of other guys coming through the system as well to get excited about. And then you have that with the growth of CJ Abrams and, you know, maybe not the last couple of weeks, but you still have some growth from gray and Gore it's a lot of things going right for the nationals and it's exciting that now we can look into the future and see a timeline that isn't too far out for this team to be competitive again, which isn't something that I think many people would have said going into this year and especially before that Soto trade. So it's a good time to be a Nats fan right now. It is. And I look forward to the boys getting back home here to nationals park where they've been so good. What up Derek? <laughs> uh, so actually I, I got a little funny story. Uh, this kind of goes to the point of what Toby was saying about how it's an exciting time right now, being able to follow these prospects and and see that. Is this the one you told me earlier today? Yeah, this is the story I told you earlier. I, I, this I figured it's really funny. It kind of goes well with what Toby was saying. So I had a buddy uh, hit me up earlier today, and he texts me. He says, our prospect is going from our minor league team is going to be a problem. Now, this is a friend of mine. He's a sports fan, but he's not really a hardcore baseball fan. He's more football and, and basketball. By the way, I wonder after hearing that, does he think there's one team in the minor leagues rather than like several affiliates? (laughs) We're going to we're going to have to have a conversation with my my buddy here (laughs) Uh, because because this this helps me know that he's willing to learn. So I said, which one? We've got a lot of top prospects who are going to be really good. He says, I think his name is Jose. (laughs) And and then uh, he, he eventually got back to me and said, nope, never mind. It was Rosamar Quintana. I think he plays for the Fredericksburg now. <laughs> <laughs> He's a scout. Your boy is on Royce Mark Quintana more yeah. than we are. Love and it. Then he he posted a uh, a highlight from uh, from the ninth where he had a four hit game uh, for Fredericksburg. So I, I guess it was just one of those things. He came across it on Twitter, saw it, and was like, "Oh man, he he plays for uh, the Nationals minor league team. He's going to be really good." But to your point, though, uh, I I think that's that's a part of it. You see, you see these kinds of things, you're scrolling on Twitter and other social media sites and, and you see highlights of these young prospects. It, it, it gets people excited. Even casual fans, such as my, my buddy. That is fun. <laughs> Love you, Mike. <laughs> well, we need Mike to be a correspondent for the show. We should send him to Harrisburg to give yeah, us a report. Well, Grant and I cover the top 15 prospects pretty well. He can carry the, uh, the rest of the prospects for us. Yeah, there you go. He, I actually, when, when the top 100 list came out, I sent it to him. I said, this is who you need to keep an eye out on. Eye out on. And he said, he said, yeah, I'll, I'll be looking for some of these guys. So he's on his hear, way. He's on his way to learning about this. I want to hear his breakdown on Armando Cruz after his big game tying grand slam for the Fred Nats last week. 
All right, for Darius, for Toby, I'm Grant saying so long. And until we are back with you, we're going to record on Monday. You'll have a Tuesday AM podcast waiting for you. Enjoy Nats baseball.